Today's episode is made possible by Screen Hero. With low lag and an independent mouse pointer for each user, Screen Hero is a screen sharing application built from the ground up for collaboration. Whether you're pair programming, reviewing a website design with a client, or just helping a distant family member with their computer, Screen Hero makes you a participant instead of a spectator. To try it out for free, visit ScreenHero.com. Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. I'm your host, Avdi Grimm, and this is, believe it or not, this is episode 100, 100 episodes of Wide Teams. So I'm pretty excited about that and uh, excited about our guest as well. Uh, joining me today is Warren Wright. Hi Warren, there. Thanks for coming on. Um, if you would, just take a moment to introduce yourself. Sure. So I spent about nine years doing C++ and C-sharp development out of college. From there, I managed to find myself into a uh, work-from-home gig, and I've been there for about four and a half years, maybe a little bit longer. I kind of happened into it in a pretty roundabout way, which I'll be happy to go into later. Cool. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and go into that now. Let's uh, get the history here. Sure. So... I worked for a rather large corporation, for Experian, in fact, one of the big credit bureaus, for a good amount of years. And during that time, I you know, was in the office every day, for sure, usually about a 30-minute commute. And initially, I was doing a lot of C++ development, and, uh, and then at some point, we introduced a little bit of .NET. I was doing some service work, and I started managing uh, the team that I had been on. And... Um, I really wasn't enjoying it after a certain point. I would say the low point in that job was uh, having to lay off uh, more than half my team and rehire them in Santiago, Chile. Um, hmm. So <laughs> uh, I had that experience uh, with uh, with a wider corporate uh, corporate world. Uh, so from there, I hopped over to a smaller company uh, doing some C sharp development for a couple of years. Really wasn't uh, enjoying it a whole lot. And I had some friends who worked for a company, and I knew that they worked from home full time. In fact, and this is the company I work for now. They have about we have about 100 or so employees, and uh, we're all, we're all remote, so uh, we don't have any office space other than a little bit in Chicago that they use purely for client meetings. Hmm. But as to how I came into this job, because I really wasn't looking at the time, I was kind of coasting at the job I was at. Um, at the time, but I had, uh, you know, during the time I was at Experian, I had been introduced to uh, World of Warcraft, the video game. Mm-hmm. You, may, you may be familiar. <laughs> um, and uh, for me, that wasn't necessarily a good thing because I had a big history with video games and in particular role-playing games and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for people like me, World of Warcraft was kind of the nirvana of, uh, of kind of the games that we'd been into. And uh, so... You know, despite the fact that I was married and that uh, we had a couple of kids, you know, World of Warcraft became like a huge addiction in my mm-hmm. life, like in, in the truest sense of the word. Like, you know, I pretty much thought about that game uh, ridiculous amounts of time. And, mm-hmm. you know, to make a long story short, uh, my wife and I kind of looked back at it and 
over the five years I played that game, I probably spent a full year, like 365 days worth of hours uh, playing over mm-hmm. a five-year period. So if that gives you any idea. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, it, that detracted quite a bit from uh, any kind of career goals or whatnot that you might have had. But um, there was a big turnaround uh, after that five-year mark. You know, my wife and I, you know, relationship wasn't great at the time. And, you know, as you can imagine, when you spend all your time thinking about a video game and, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I'm a Christian and just through my faith, you know, I, felt, I really felt like that addiction went away over a few month period mm-hmm. pretty dramatically. And, and, um, so we were really thankful for that and, and things turned around a lot from there and, uh, in a very positive direction for us. But, um, uh, I still had those two friends that I had made, uh, through playing World of Warcraft. Like I, these are guys I met completely online and and it, it was probably the one good thing to come out of that period of my life was that, you know, right about the time I was leaving World of Warcraft, one of those guys, turns out, was kind of the number two guy at this company I'm at now. And he gave me a shout and he was basically said, hey, I've watched you, you know, herd cats in World of Warcraft for several years <laughs> for us, <laughs> you know, organizing 20 or 25 people three nights a week for for things. And I know you have a big software background, and uh, he said, we keep hiring really experienced uh, project management professionals uh, and firing them six months later, uh, either because they don't get the technical side or they just can't handle working from home, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, so anyway, he asked me uh, if I wanted to uh, give it a shot to come over there and see if I could kind of run with some of their projects. That is, This is fascinating to me because it never before occurred to me that there is a significant amount of remote team management experience in the world of Warcraft and other <laughs> MMO games. Like this has been going on for a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When we, um, you know, early on, uh, in world of Warcraft, um, you know, I, I kind of fell in with some, some guys, some of these, two of these guys that ended up hiring me, but, we kind of form this guild or this, you know, collection of people who get to, whenever we come online, we talk to each other and, you know, work together on things. And, uh, and so the way the game is structured, you know, you get to a certain point and they want you, the game wants you, if you want to keep progressing to organize larger and larger parties of people to go and run through these dungeons and do these, accomplish these goals and things. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it otherwise. So, it really kind of pushes you into that mode of either being part of a guild that does that kind of thing or running one. And um, so I just kind of fell into running a group um, of 20 people through things initially and then 40 people and, um, hmm. you know, organizing all those events. And, you know, everybody's, you know, it's a real, you're real people you're dealing with. So, you know, you have to, kind of motivate people and get them to uh, set aside their evenings for it and work together. And it's frustrating sometimes and all those things. So yeah, this was uh, the outside the box thinking of this uh, gentleman at my company who just thought, you know, I, I like Warren. He's got a, uh, I can, I can see that he stays calm in ridiculous situations and um has a software background and maybe he'd like to come over and uh, give a shot running some of our projects. Mm -hmm. So interesting. And so that's, that's been you ever since or yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I've been there for four and a half years. 
you know, my role there has changed a good deal over that time. So initially I was, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much a Java shop here and I had a .NET background. Mm-hmm. My background was very server side. They, they do a lot of web uh, development here. They're targeted around a specific vertical market, which is direct sales companies like, um, you know, that uh, do home shows and things like that. And, uh, so we kind of do, all kinds of uh, all levels of stuff for those companies, you know, from their commerce systems to their order entry systems to their, you know, consultant tools and whatnot. And so initially I just I, I started out writing some, you know, functional requirements for these projects. And and by the way, this is a company with um, we're just now getting out of the uh, long term waterfall project mode mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, has uh, kind of plagued the software industry for a lot of years. But so I started out doing, um, you know, helping, you know, develop the requirements for these projects and then would just kind of run with that project and lead the team on through to uh, delivery and then on in, you know, through UAT and whatnot. So think, you know, very traditional waterfall delivery process. And I would just kind of oversee the whole thing. So I, I got to ask, you know, what what lessons of management did you bring over from World of Warcraft? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I think one was that, uh, you know, in World of Warcraft, you spend a lot of time sitting around, uh, you know, with your headset on with the same group of people for a long, you know, for usually four or five hours at a time on nights when you organize a big group. And um, if you're one of the ones leading that group, then you end up talking a lot. You end up kind of trying to motivate the group and talking through what's going on, laying out strategy and those kinds of things. So, I do think there was some some preparation that uh that I could have that I might have brought over mm-hmm. just around uh you know being able to uh you know have some fun you know in the meetings that we had and and um and being able to run through that but uh in terms of management I don't know the company I came to they had a you know the way they the way they handled having a widely dispersed team um of you know, a large number of individuals is that, you know, they kind of tell everybody when they join that we don't judge your performance based on, you know, obviously, you know, how many hours you spend or seeing you in front of a monitor. We judge your performance based on whether you deliver what you committed to deliver in the time period in which you said you deliver it. Sure. So um, by and large, uh, I've I started from the beginning working with a pretty motivated group of individuals and, you know, folks really didn't need to be uh, babysat with the notable exception of an iPhone developer I had to hire at one point and then let go because we were pretty sure by the end of his tenure that he was spending most of the afternoon and taking a nap. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, was his name Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> So things have changed uh, in, in a lot of positive ways at the company. We went through a really uh, tough period where we we brought on somebody with a lot of industry experience. Uh, this was a, like a like a senior, you know, software architect slash developer ninja, whatever he wanted to call himself. And um, he was a smart guy, and so they brought him in because they wanted to. You know, we'd been delivering kind of almost one-off systems to these different direct sales companies and maintaining them as kind of independent code bases. Right. And um, as a company, we really wanted to develop some products. You know, we mm-hmm. really wanted to say, we have an order entry product that we can customize for different clients, but we're not going back to the drawing board every time. Mm-hmm. 
And so they brought this guy in to kind of uh, to to run a, a large you know e-commerce development project, and he he did, but you know it, it was it was it was kind of a, a poisonous to the company because the way that he ran things, he really you know he had his own developers that he brought in. It was very he tried to keep them very separate from the rest of the company, um, tried to hide them behind him, so they like. You know, the higher ups in our company, they didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes in a lot of ways. And um, there wasn't a lot of transparency uh, to what was going on. And, and you know, the the product, the project kept it getting extended and extended. You know how these kinds of things can go. Right. So anyway, they finally uh, let him go and uh, basically killed the almost, you know, year, year and a half project. Because they they decided that it was better to kill it and start from scratch than to continue uh, the way things were going. But when they did that, what was kind of born out of that was, you know, they somebody who had been with the company for a long time stepped up to lead that project um, as a, as a senior developer, and um, we introduced uh, an agile process for the new version of this product that we're working on now, and uh, essentially adopted kind of a remote Scrum. And um, I was implanted as the uh, quote unquote scrum master on that project. And uh, that's what I do by and large day to day now. So uh, describe one of those days. Sure. Um, Particularly, you know, with with regard to what you're doing remotely with the other team members. Yes. So it's a pretty big team in terms of scrum. I think we have probably six developers and um we have two full-time uh, QA members on the team, so we do have a daily stand-up uh, each morning conference call, mm-hmm. and uh, we keep those to 15 minutes, kind of a typical Scrum kind of deal. Phone call so, or? Yeah, phone call. We actually, as a company, we've never done video mm-hmm. chat. Okay. How do you hand the, I guess, like the stand-up around the room on via phone? Yeah, I kind of wish we had a better way of doing that. Right now, we basically roll alphabetically through the list of people on the conference call. Okay. <laughs> and we use uh, Microsoft's link um, for our conference calling system. So when you dial in, you can see everybody's name anyway. Uh, you can see who's in the conference call, and it's got a list of, you know, and it's got a persistent chat that you can use. Okay. Uh, not that I would recommend necessarily Microsoft link to other organizations, but it's what we have. Mm-hmm. And um, we also use HipChat extensively now, uh, mm-hmm. starting starting with this team, and we've been spreading it to other uh, teams in the company, even ones that aren't doing any kind of an agile process at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's been great because um, we've got constant chatter going on uh, in HipChat uh, among the team. Um, our you know product owner is is in there as well. So anytime anybody has a question or needs help, they just speak up on HipChat and they get an answer. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that one. And other other than that, you know, my day looks like essentially uh, helping out wherever it's most needed. So I, especially towards the second half of a sprint, I'll spend a lot of time helping with QA and mm-hmm. helping, you know, just kind of manage the agile board that we use. Uh, we use Jira with a, with a number of plugins for our uh, our agile board. And um, so I kind of help try to take away some of the pain of of uh, just using that technology for it. Right. As somebody who has extensive experience sitting at your desk with a headset on, working with people remotely, what's this, what does your office setup look like? So about a year ago, we or a year and a half ago almost, we moved to Colorado from Texas, 
And when we did, uh, we were fortunate enough to stay with my, my in-laws for about six months. So we had no urgency to like rush out and find a place to live. But the house we did settle on uh, is the first one out of the five we've owned now that actually has a dedicated office. So, you know, we've, we've kind of changed houses a few too many times over the years. And I've always had to take over some fourth bedroom in a 50 year old house that has like one plug with no ground. But at this point, I'm in a main floor office, um, and uh, it's which is great, and it's got actual windows in it. Uh, other than that, I've just got a small IKEA desk going on, and I moved fully from my old Windows laptop to a MacBook Pro about six months ago or so, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I've got a MacBook Pro, and I hook it into a ViewSonic 22 inch monitor when I'm at my desk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, do you have a particular headset you prefer for calls, or is that just your regular phone? No, it's a, it's a Plantronics, uh, headset that I actually had back in the World of Warcraft days. It's, mm-hmm. it's still hanging in there, and uh, it's comfortable to keep on for, you know, eight hours at a time. Right. And recently I picked up a Kinesis Freestyle 2 keyboard for Mac, uh, because I was having some repetitive, uh, motion issues with my wrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been great. So I use that. What do you do with the time that you would otherwise be commuting? <laughs> well, it's awesome because, you know, we're we're just four minutes away from my daughter's school. I've got two um, preteen daughters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I can go up there uh, whenever there's something for parents to get involved in or to go up for lunch. And um, I can help out if my wife needs me to pick up the kids or Something's going on, and it's also kind of nice that now that I moved here from Texas, I'm on Mountain Time. Most of the rest of my company is on Central Standard Time, so their five o'clock is my four o'clock. So it's kind of usually usually in days end pretty early. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think if I had to pick up a commute again, well, I know I would at least be able to catch up on all the podcasts I try to follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've only. Really started listening to podcasts again since I started running. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, actually, we haven't mentioned anything about, um, about Ruby and not that this is a podcast about Ruby, but it's actually been a pretty big part of my career the past, um, year or so because, um, you know, during the World of Warcraft days, I wasn't really doing any continued education. I was just kind of coasting along from job to job as a, um, bearded white male is, uh, is, is able to do with our privilege. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, but about a year ago, uh, I really just thought, you know, maybe I'll play around with Ruby because I had a buddy who'd been doing it for a long time. And it's, it really kind of became a springboard for continuing education and to kind of get back in, getting back into the software engineering side of my profession. So although I'm, you know, really not hired to do full-time Ruby um, anywhere and I don't really intend to change jobs anytime real soon, I do spend a good amount of time, you know, learning Ruby. I go to the Boulder uh, Ruby meetups here mm-hmm. um, almost every month and I've gone to, uh, I think, three Ruby conferences now over the last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, just just getting, finding something like that that you really enjoy learning and playing around with is is I don't, I found it's been great and it's really even helped me in my day to day here at my current company, even though I'm not doing that. I have found some excuses to do some Ruby scripting for some things that needed to be done uh, quickly here. And, um, I'm actually starting to look into some of the DevOps side of 
things like uh, Chef and whatnot so that uh, I might be able to help my buddy with some of that as the company moves towards a little bit more of an automated deployment situation. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend just finding something like that on the side for folks to, um, you know, to keep them passionate about learning. Yeah, definitely. And I do feel like working from home and having some more flexibility definitely helps me or helped me, you know, when I wasn't when even when I had sort of more regular jobs to uh, it helped me to have the time to explore that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because, um, you know, there's there's definitely days when. I don't have a huge amount of pressure to, you know, do something uh, for work. And, you know, other days there will be lots of pressure to do lots more than there's time for. But on the days when there's not, I'll, I'll take advantage of an opportunity for continuing education. And, you know, I'll, I actually subscribed to um, uh, the codeschool.com, I don't know, a number of months ago. So I'll work through some of those uh, tutorials or, uh, or, you know, pick back up an open source side project and work on that. Yeah. Well, Warren, it looks like uh, I'm running out of time here for this interview, so I'm going to uh, draw this one to a close. But uh, before I let you go, when uh, where can people find you online? Um, so, yeah, my last name is Wright, which is W-R-I-G-H-T, and so I go by Wrightling on Twitter, and mm-hmm. that's probably the best place to find me. So I'm I check Twitter quite a bit. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks so much for having me. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe to the show if you haven't already, go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wow, 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 wow,